welcome back to Crushing Comics Book Club, where we are reading Batman by Grant Morrison. Today's actually not an all Grant Morrison episode because we're reading The Resurrection of Ra's al Ghul. It is a crossover through a number of issues. Two of those issues are in the Grant Morrison Batman omnibuses, which are Batman 670 and 671. But it also has some prelude material in Annual 26. It's in Detective Comics. It's in Nightwing. And it's in Robin. And we read all of it in order. So you could go and read all of it. We don't necessarily recommend that, though. Uh, so we're going to discuss all of it, even if you have only read the two issues in the Batman omnibuses. So this is kind of like a public service episode, the way that I look at it. Uh, but there are some interesting points, and we're going to dig into them here. Just a reminder before we get started, Grant Morrison's pronouns are they, them, and we're going to use them appropriately. If we make a mistake, we're just going to correct ourselves and move forward. When you make a mistake in somebody's pronouns, it's up to you to fix it for yourself. The story is not about you, and if you've caused some offense, apologize, but otherwise you just need to do better and move on, and that will be what we do as we always do. I'm joined here by my two of my favorite comic readers around the world who have varying different levels of Batman experience from me, Harry and Freya. And for those of you who, who can't see us right now, Harry is denoting his expert status by wearing the Batman shirt. <laughs> yeah, love this shirt. Got it. Yeah. For this show? No, I've had this for a while. But I'm excited to wear it on the show, which is important. <laughs> I I was like looking everywhere for that specific shirt today as well, but then I couldn't find mm. it. And then I was like, oh, okay, I'm just going to wear a regular black shirt. And then Harry showed up with it. I'm like, oh, you're just reminding me my failure of not finding it. It's okay. So, yeah. The bat symbol is on your heart, and that's what matters. Is it? That the is true. There's always a bat signal projected all, on your heart. Like, we're all, in deep inside, we're all Batman. Batman is we're all us. Batman. So, um, I, you know, I have... Hey, maybe that's the tagline. Batman. I was going to say, I think that might be the bat tagline. Batman. All right, we're doing some more pay off later. We almost got it. The, the, we're going to think about that. That'll pay off later. Anyway, yeah, let's keep it moving. So, um, you know, it's interesting. Harry and I spent a long time on the schedule and trying to make it make sense. And I feel like the one part at the time that didn't make sense was pushing Resurrection of Ra's al Ghul to be after Black Glove. It was basically like we just didn't want to split up the, the conversation we were having about Black Glove to do Ra's al Ghul. Now, however, mm -hmm. having read it for the first time, which I think it was both of your first time, too, reading it? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. I, I, I have... Sorry. No, I have a feeling I've read oh, it before. Well, you never know. Freya sometimes has read whole swaths of issues and it doesn't come out until after. She's like, I actually I, read that. <laughs> I definitely yeah. haven't. Um, I read issues of this run that were written by Grant Morrison right. and no one else. And when I found out that this was a group thing by some writers that frankly I didn't care about at the time, at, in, an earlier, in an earlier time, I wasn't interested. And going back... Um, I don't totally regret that initial decision, <laughs> but we'll get into but, it. <laughs> here's my justification now to make to make us sound smarter. Mm -hmm. I think it makes sense because Talia <laughs> and Damien factor in so much more to RIP and they're like not as present in that black love material that it the journey mm -hmm. of of Damien and Damien's relationship to Bruce makes so much more sense to me reading Raza Ghoul and then going right to RIP. Like it almost just feels like you could you really could just wholesale swap these in the reading order um the way that we have and it, and it actually reads better. That's my there you go. That's my after the fact. I find that interesting. <laughs> sure, let's go with it. Okay. Totally. Yes, yes. Like, yeah, we, 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 we were all in on it. Um, sure, sure, sure. Like, the whole yeah, time. Whole time. Agreed. <laughs> the Resurrection of Ra's al Ghul. 
I think let's just like set the scene because I don't read much Batman. I don't know if either of you know this. He's he's presumed dead at this point, right? But it's not like he's been presumed dead from the 90s. Like he's just presumed dead due to some about, something that's happened recently, I assume. Are you talking about Razzle? Yeah. Oh. Yes. I, think so. I mean, there had been Razzle stories between 1990 <laughs> and 2008, right? Should be. I would there assume so. Okay, so we know nothing, is <laughs> what we're saying. For yeah, all, we, we know nothing. Did you see the cow in oncoming train, like, looks on all of our expressions <laughs> just now? Just like, I guess. We have never represented dead. to you that we are Batman experts. <laughs> Harry is a Batman by Grant Morrison expert, but we are not Batman yes. experts. So, I've, I've, yeah. yeah. So, this begins in Batman Annual 26. It's not by Grant Morrison. And it, it basically, this, um, it's it's Talia teaching Damien the history of his grandfather, Ra's al Ghul. And the interesting thing that I think that it does, because it's not a very dense issue of Batman, really, is that it's doing some retcon work on Birth of the Demon, which we read and didn't really have very good opinions of, where it's kind of <laughs> establishing that some of it is in continuity, or as this wears on, we get the sense that some of it is probably apocryphal, meaning it's a story that was told that is not meant to be known entirely as truth. And so you definitely get the sense that um, Raza Ghul has constructed this history for himself that nobody truly knows if it's the truth or not, but it's the version of events that he currently endorses to be known. And it's kind of really important that he, he it's passed along as an oral history um, and that this establishes Talia having a son is part of the end game of keeping Raza Ghul's legacy and also Raza Ghul himself alive. Which kind of lends a lot more texture, even if we go back and look at that that earlier Raza Ghul and Talia stuff that we read. That like it's been in his vested interest to produce a male heir via Talia for a long time, and this kind of like solidifies that a little bit. Any other thoughts on this introduction? Well, I think it. I, I do enjoy that it is kind of revealing that uh, Damien is just like another pawn in Roz's master plan that goes through lifetimes, which makes sense because yeah. this is a person who has been around for lifetimes. So that that all tracks, and I think was good. Um, I didn't really. Uh, I think you can appreciate this issue if you want to tie it back to Birth of the Demon, but um, you know, for me, and this is going to be the start of a. Uh, recurring issue I have with this series <laughs> is that really like I've said it before, but like, you know, it is very hard to write Damien. I think there's a very specific way to go about it. And I think very clearly in this series, you can already tell other writers don't really do it very well. Um, in this, he's just written as this snotty little brat who doesn't even care about his grandfather the head of this assassin group's history and all this stuff and i there's this one part where he just says this is boring or something which is like very not like, him he, no he, it's he, not. he would make it, it, it about the, the person be, like he wouldn't be like this topic is boring i feel like he would be like yes you're boring me with the blah 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 like it would be somebody else's fault you know that it was boring that's exactly that's the crux it's of really and the fact that like it just leads off on that foot where I'm just like, oh, this already doesn't feel right to me. This character doesn't feel right. And a lot of this uh, uh, you know, book is going to be about him, but it never feels right. So that's where the dissonance started creeping in, was just in the very beginning with this. Yeah. Anything on this one from you, Farkia? Um, no, for me, I actually more like the fact that the Raj is, creates um, a story or a history that he creates yeah. and he leaves it out there and for his mm. acolyte to kind of disperse 
Um, I think that's something that kind of lines up with him a lot. Um, and then we kind of later realize who the acolyte is to him. That was like, I think for me, that kind of jived with the death of the, Ma- death of the maiden, uh, sorry, the Batman and the maiden or death of the mm-hmm. maiden, whatever mm-hmm. that, the Greg Raka series that we talked about before, because that character is actually mentioned. Oh. And uh, yeah, so it. yeah, Nisa, uh, <laughs> yeah, she, she's actually mentioned here. And then there is like, it kind of tracks with the fact that Talia was not the first heir that he was grooming for whatever purpose you know, for, for a purpose. Like that's to him, every children is like a currency. Is like, yes. like there's like a, some kind of transaction yes. that needs to happen. So I really kind of enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, Dam- Damien has always been a little brat to me. So I didn't actually necessarily see any difference. I'm like, oh, brats being, being brat. And later he actually said something really damning. I'm like, okay, this kid needs to be taught because he said that don't, do not trust anybody over 30. I'm like, what are you trying to say, kid? Like, <laughs> what are you trying to say? Ah, so well, that's a line. I mean, so I love I mean, that line you know, in Planet so- of the Apes, but that's about it. <laughs> Oh, is it a line from somewhere else? Oh, in that case, never mind then. But, well, I don't yeah. know if it's from so was, Planet of the Apes, but it's from that a little bit. Yeah, but I read I read the whole thing, but then the, at the end of it, I was like, hmm, maybe it'll be more interesting if Peter summarizes it for us. <laughs> well, you know... We gotta find a phrase for that. I, I do think that... I mean, it was useful for people, you have to think, like, that didn't have this whole history, that weren't thinking about his his history who hadn't maybe ever read birth of the demon like i think this kind of just is one of those little capsule like let me remind you of the state of affairs thing it's got some lazarus pit stuff in it although we did kind of already get that from morrison and uh i i mean there is kind of this slightly amusing batman in australia thing that runs throughout it where he's like searching for these people who are researching moths but the moths are really old like it, it clearly is telegraphing the Lazarus pit right from the beginning, but it's just kind of like a fun, somewhat silly way mm-hmm. to get back into it. Could you skip and this entirely? I, yeah, there's no reason. This is not an issue where I'm like, you gotta read the whole Raz al Ghul book or else you're gonna miss it. Like, it just, it's just a little bit of added texture. And it does oh, have really way. nice David Lopez. Art. Early Lopez, too, before he has his yeah, like early, really was... idiosyncratic look. Freya? Yeah. No, no, I just wanted to mention that Ra's al Ghul did appear in Under the Red Hood, and that comic appeared in 2004. Okay, so he hasn't been dead, so, dead for so he, too long. He, yeah, yeah, so he was he was at least there. Because the thing is, it's actually mentioned here as well, because he says, oh, Jason. Mm. Like, do you remember Jason? Like, right, you know, yeah, so that yeah. comes from that. So I wanted to quickly Google that, and yes, he, he was around at that time. So it's not like he went away in the last, whatever last thing we read, and then this is the next step. It's not that. Mm-hmm. Then there is another brief prelude story that is just in the backup to Robin Annual Number Seven. It doesn't have the whole annual. The the A story is uh, just a totally useless Robin on Halloween. There's a killer thing, uh, but th- that's not even collected <laughs> here. And so it has just this backup. And Damien wrestles some ghosts in a graveyard. I would say that you, even if you're reading the whole thing and you're totally into it, this adds nothing. It, I I only found it confusing. I that's all I have to say. Uh, there's nothing here. Um, there was a brief moment where I, I forgot there were ghosts. I'm like, man, he's just cutting the heads off these children. <laughs> like, that's no good. I was like, that ain't good at all. But uh, yeah, this is just like another example of just like snotty Damien stand in for like kind of like the more precise writing that uh, maybe other writers have for him. 
uh, skip this. And there's only one thing I wanted to mention that for this issue, uh, there's one place because he kind of, there's some old Chinese guy who tries to help him and invite him to his store for tea. And he's like, ah, I don't want teas because, you know, I'm rude and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is that the, the old man tells him that to have sired such a rude little boy, your father must mask his eyes in shame. And yeah. he's like, say that again. I mean, I thought that was like a, a little interesting thing because this is the same te- technique he uses against Tim all the time. Mm. Like, you know, and then how it kind of works on him as well. So that kind of, I thought was like the most interesting part about that. Everything else, completely agree. Uh, not necessary. It just like that one part like kind of stuck with me. Now yeah. we come to the first actual Morrison material, which is a, is officially <laughs> the prelude to this crossover. It's in Batman 670. There are maybe mm-hmm. three things of significance I saw here, and I'll name them and throw them out, and then you all can add anything you want to add. Uh, so Marson has this thing that they do where they love to kind of take minor kind of trashy villains and rehabilitate them or use them in a way that's amusing. He And he does this with this yeah. kind of trio of female assassins who really never do anything especially useful throughout this whole crossover. Nope. But it's fun to just have them <laughs> as like random fodder. And it's fun to have a trio of, of women assassins be fodder. Women, women can be terrible villains and fodder too. So that's one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does or they do something really interesting with the visual motif of the eyeball in the hand. At one point, Ra's al gets stabbed through the hand and puts it up to his face to be like, see, this body's not healing, but I also don't feel pain. And you see the eye through it, which also ties into the person who just, yes. in just a few issues, because remember the rest of Black Love is after this, is about to kill um, or attack Batman and Jezebel Jet with the tattoo of the eyeball mm-hmm. on his hand who has been blinded. So that's like a Marson doing like a little bit of thematic stuff. And then the thing that was the yeah. most remarkable to me is at the end when we get the fully uh, resurrected Ra's al because basically somebody fell into the Lazarus pit in that annual. It's not the person he was looking for. So he's been resurrected, but like not at his full creepy powers. And so his body's kind of rejecting mm. him. And, and Talia's like, oh, I don't know about Damien's participation in all this. And he goes, how can it be headstrong? It was grown in a tank. To really like... Yeah. show he he just has a completely userous view of all of his descendants including talia really but especially damon like he doesn't even see damien as having personhood and also it's morrison saying this was not necessarily a natural conception or growth his growth has been accelerated in some way he was grown in attack like so that even though it's like mm-hmm. a throwaway line it's actually encoded with a lot of information but harry is there anything else that you think we need to pay attention to in terms of the whole morrison run with batman 670 well, you said the big one, just that uh, kind of the visual motif of the um, eye in the hand definitely gets played again later. That was always when I read this issue. That's always what I kind of take the most of. But then, you know, that line you said, you know, it was grown in a tank. You know, I think Mor- Morrison, they've got really like really sh- like fun kind of writing ticks and kind of tendencies to just have punctuated, strong, goofy sentences and just something where it's just like, it was grown in a tank is just like, it, it just, it's one of those, it just gives me a really fun feeling while I'm reading it. <laughs> um, the only other thing about this issue I like is that it's the beginning of um, Tony Daniels' time on the book. And uh, I don't think this is his best art, but um, I definitely think he uh, gets a lot better from here. Um, I think he's a very solid artist, especially here. Freya, anything from this issue stand out for you? Um, no, that, except for the last part of like Damien that you um, both mentioned, um, because I think it kind of comes into play Batman Inc. later in the run. Uh, like this mm-hmm. is the whole thing that, and to that point though, it's like 
Talia, I think, at one point also starts to see Damien as a product. Like, it that mm. never felt like, like, you know, this is like where she's she has a lot of motherly feeling, which I felt like was awkward and not something that I'm used to. So, um, but the thing is, like, I feel like that something that they both shared using Damien as pretty much a commodity. So, I'm like, well, you know, that kid didn't necessarily have I, a lot. I almost look at it as him. like, <laughs> well i look at it as like she uh kind of almost i see what you're saying because she definitely views them more as like some kind of property later on but it's almost like it's her property more than her zombie fathers her her mummy grand you right know it's what like I mean? a like, property it's more, dispute like, more than it's about a living thing yes yeah. she's like don't kill him but you know just to be clear i have my own plans for him you are not involved in this you know that's sort of, that's how i read it yeah, but the thing is, like later on, she also says, like, "Oh yeah, as a mother, I'll have to bear the bear the thing because you know he she's he's like, oh, dad is more cooler, so I'm gonna go with him." And she looks hurt. And oh, I know. Like, so where's that coming from? Uh, you know, well, later on, like, she kind of talks that. about that. <laughs> but it happens, yeah, it definitely feels so. like throughout <laughs> this, the writers are in a little bit of a fight over it. Like, is she yeah. a caring mother? Is she a supervillain? Is she is she in league with Razagul? Is she against it? How like it it feels like they never had a story meeting together to totally agree no. on it because the Talia depiction swings wildly. And and it's about to yeah. swing as we get into Robin. The only final thing I'll say is at the end of this issue, there's this page where Batman's meeting with is it uh, I Ching? I Ching? I hope it's not itching. I Ching. Uh in and then <laughs> who I have no idea who it is, and Marson and company never give me any context whatsoever. Nope. And then also, no since I who, since I who I know from reading the ba- like the background League yes. of Assassins stuff, but again, no context provided whatsoever. Nope. So now there's just these three old guys. For it's just the story of old guys <laughs> that Batman has to maybe stop all of them, maybe stop two of them. I was really uncertain as I was reading at the time, but then over time, I kind of figured out who was on whose side. Yeah, the I Ching is like sticks of DC universe. You know, oh, so sticks. he trains, he, he's Daredevil. blind and he hits Batman until Batman gets good at stuff. I potentially, but is the design of I've it never, and the characteristics of it is very much like that. So, I've never read him in anything, know. so I just I have fundamentally no idea. Let's let's consult but, the internet. Who is I Ching? <laughs> He's a, a fictional blind element. martial artist. Uh, oh, I know who he is. He's from Wonder yeah. Woman. <laughs> He's <laughs> from the Diana Prince run of Wonder Woman when she's like this like 70s ninja in a tracksuit and she's like not fully Wonder Woman Wonder Woman and then he kind of just like takes the place of being the random DC mystic stick guy but he's primarily uh, oh, a Wonder Woman thing he does he's not a Batman and and he's also blind so he is literally sticks of DC he is universe. literally yeah yes. there's now a lot someone, going on there yeah now some <laughs> Now someone find out who came first. My God, is there a single? <laughs> well, he's from 1968. So he's he's pretty early. But uh, so now we roll into a pretty minor issue here, which is which is Robin 168. I have to admit that these Robin issues do not, and it's Tim Drake as Robin at this point. They do not mm-hmm. feel like they're of a piece of with the rest of this at all. They feel like they're actively in a fight, and they're angry <laughs> that they've been dragged into this crossover, and they're going to make it as confusing as possible, despite the rest mm-hmm. of the authors in the crossover. Am I the only person who felt that way? The Robin issues, I I don't know, man. 
I wouldn't put them just for Robin. I think they're all kind of fighting in their own ways, with the exception of weirdly uh, Fabian Nicieza's issues, which I think kind of flow a little bit more. Uh, yeah, the Robin book, I, I don't even... I don't know about any of this. <laughs> it it just the, the, think... all all of the characterizations are just off. Like the way Damien speaks, you know, the 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 Tim Drake stuff is fine. Alfred feels wrong, and like just it just feels like this has been taken out of place in time, and I don't really know what to do with it. Priya, no, I feel like this is this was added purely for the visual that we see later where Raja Opal says that oh pick which son yeah you know like pick pick which that's yep. the whole reason to drag you know Tim Drake and everyone into it and honestly I really don't like Tim Drake what is wrong oh, he's cool. with him I mean I I established that I enjoy him but What's I, wrong I, with think, him? I think that's something that's happening here if I'm trying to like go deeper than it was annoying to the thematic level is this, <laughs> this Tim Drake run, which I've never run. It feels like it's a lot about his reaction to loss and trying to reestablish life around him. Like it's a lot about yeah. his dad died. His girlfriend died. People, all these people are dead, but he's got Bruce to be his, his adopted dad. He's got this new girlfriend who, if you read the whole annual, I'm sorry, but the, it would have introduced that to you. And then, mm-hmm. but Morrison's plan right now is that, also to kind of take Bruce away from him on several levels, right? To take Bruce away from him because now he's got Damien and he's got this jealousy, this only child jealousy. And also to take mm-hmm. Bruce away from him because he's about to kill Bruce. And so it feels like this the Robin book is like, oh, I guess I've got to like pivot really hard, really fast to find a way to like also have him deal with losing this, this second father. But it leads to some really, like, inadvisably dumb stuff that he does and how he treats Damien and how he even treats Alfred. Like, Alfred trips over a rug, which, first of all, that's out of character for Alfred. That runner would never have a bump on it in the top of the stairs. That's a, that's a safety problem that Alfred would have taken care of years ago. He would have stapled that down. Uh, but, like, Tim is, like, so bent out of shape about it. Um, because I think that it just feels like the book is like struggling for like, how do I add in this like loss of father figure plot on top of all these yeah. other plots that I'm already juggling. I agree. I, I think this plot line is kind of like, I don't love it. Like inherently, I mean, it's kind of interesting, but then like the execution is just lacking in every way. And like, you've got Alfred yelling at Tim Drake, which I just, I don't see it. <laughs> like, that's just me. Like he's just getting really mad at him. Like, I, I don't know. It's just. Like forced theatrics and dramatics that don't really fit the characters in any way. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, the whole thing like with the team later on, uh, team and uh, Dick Grayson later on is like, oh, the like you know Lazarus Pit and everything. That was like, okay, like you know, he, he's supposed to be a scientist, so he should know better. Like <laughs> exactly. you know, but he was just like, you know, the he just kind of goes into all that. I think it was just for that bit, and I th- I don't know, it was like a mandated thing that everyone needs mm-hmm. to be part of this it, it felt like that a lot yeah i don't know if i i'm definitely trying to think of a crossover that i last read where one of the people like so reluctantly participates in the group project you know because direct <laughs> crossovers are not as much of a thing now as they were in the 80s like if you in the 90s no. if you go back and read 90s comics you can see this phenomenon all the time but now mm-hmm. i feel like authors tend to lean in much harder to be like oh great i've got attention what cool thing can i do to make people want to pick up my book after but this robin book does not care so it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting artifact in that way just what you're touching on that this is just like we don't see this kind of like dissonance and infighting within like a series this much and who knows i could be completely mischaracterizing this i've never read an issue of this whole robin run ever before in my Mm -hmm. life just 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 telling you what i'm feeling but what i'm feeling Mm -hmm. right now is that nightwing 138 
is phenomenal. Fabian Nicieza can be trusted to be awesome all the time, no matter okay. what he's writing. It's got awesome Nightwing competence born. It's got awesome lines. I'll resist just summarizing it all since I we already know I like it. Uh, Freya, did mm-hmm. you have any feelings on, on this solo turn with Nightwing? Have you read a lot of solo Nightwing before? No, because I find him to be annoying as well. Oh. Because he's just like <laughs> going there being pretty and then just making jokes all the time. You know, he's like uh. kind of like a pretty Deadpool in DC Universe. <laughs> you know, but somehow he just... Wow. No, he's inspired at both Nightwing and Deadpool. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> both of them. Um, and then he... And the thing is though, I reluctantly laugh at his joke because it's pretty. Not necessarily the jokes are funny. Like, you know, so I have that effect on him. Like, you know, he has that effect on me. Um, but then it's like under the three ladies that he's kind of trying to follow. And like, you know, the three ladies um, kind of follows him and they kind of figured out who's Batman and everything. But then they got shot down twice. And next time he, they actually just lose their mind because of poison and stuff. Um, part of me kind of enjoyed it, but part of me also kind of cringed a little bit. I'm like, oh, I don't know about this, but that was a fun part. But, you know, I actually enjoyed it. Despite my feeling of Nightwing and everything, I actually enjoyed this more than, like, the other Robin issue. And then also, like, the fact that he was like, yeah, I know the secret code and everything. So that was kind of fun. (laughs) What about you, Harry? I definitely uh, perked up while reading this one the most because, uh, I mean, just I think the art's really nice. I just to stay on my art train this episode. But, like, the writing, yeah, the writing just feels right. It's kind of breezy. It just... He's got a good kind of voice for Nightwing. Um, I haven't read a ton of Nightwing solo series, but like this felt more comfortable. And I think he's got a pretty solid Damien. Like his, Damien's, his Damien so is super. Yeah, very princely, kind of like using like a bigger vocabulary sort of thing. Like it definitely was pass. <laughs> Jeez Louise, it's definitely passing at the least. Um, and they even comment like, oh, he really is very, like a prince in this. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I've always liked Nicia, Nicia said what I've read, um, and this continued that. Yeah, he, he very well. And he also created Deadpool. Yeah. Oh, bum, bum, bum. That's what I was saying. No wonder why I thought, yes. (laughs) It's all there. Yeah, So here's the few things I'll pull out here that I, that I, that I thought was interesting. So Nightwing, um, Nightwing. All the Robins in their way have the same competence porn aspect that Bruce has to, you know, like Batman Mm -hmm. characters always, I'm so prepared, but they all take it in a different direction. And I enjoy that Nightwing's version of competence porn is like, he's very blasé about it. He's like, of course, I already have the teleporter code. Of course, (laughs) I already got to the mansion. Like, it's not this big deal. He's not going to give a monologue about how smart he is. It's kind of like very oldest child. Yes, dad, I did the homework. What did you think? And I I enjoy that. like, cause I like A student characters, but I don't like A student characters where then they go into a monologue of like, I'm an A student because I studied about, which is but very Tim Drake, right? So it definitely felt like a yes. little bit of a contrast between Nightwing, who's like, I don't have to explain it all to you. The point is the act. Whereas Tim Drake is still in this portion of his life where he's like, I've got to explain why I'm doing all this thinking. And that really plays out across the rest mm-hmm. of this crossover where Nightwing is like, you've got to internalize these lessons and just make good moral choices. Whereas Tim mm-hmm. Drake is still like a little bit obsessed with like, 
But let me talk through the science of it. And that really goes to show here where the two women or the three women are poisoned. And he's like, well, I could let these women die and save my brothers. But then, like, would I really be worthy of saving my brothers if I just let these three women die? Which is, I'm sure all the Robins would make the same decision. But Nightwing just makes it on this, like, gut slash heart level so quickly. It's not, whereas Tim Drake would be like, well, the poison would, like, I feel like he would be, like, have his abacus out, you know? Uh, So I really, I really, really appreciated that. And, uh... Yeah, I don't know. There's just something I, I don't like when every character is competent all the time because eventually it gets tiresome. But I, I enjoy how uniquely Nightwing is competent compared to Tim Drake and Batman here. Well, it's not, you know, it's, it's not like the most novel uh, observation, but really is like, you know, Nightwing is like, you know, if Bruce Wayne had a happy childhood. He's got that similar level Except of, of kind of like... parents. <laughs> yeah, but then like he got adopted. They all he got adopted. Yeah, I'm just going to make I you know, know what I mean? Yeah. So like, it's just like, it's, it, it makes sense that he's also just totally on the ball, but also like he can kind of like, you know, take it easy a bit and be a bit more relaxed than stick a, up his butt Bruce Wayne. A little sidetrack is that Team Daniels Nightwing kind of nice as nice. Like Team Daniels? Who made who, No, not Team Daniels. Sorry. Who wrote it? Like the Rebirth one. I know that uh, Peter likes it. Oh, Tim Rebirth Seeley. is Tim Seeley. Who Tim I was like Seeley. a little hot and cold on sometimes, but I really enjoyed yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, just aside, like, you know, I wanted to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the other thing here is I really love this one line from Talia. Ra's al Ghul is inevitable, but Batman mm-hmm. is implacable. Implacable means kind of like impossible to please, always persisting, ne- never satisfiable. Yeah. And so it's an interesting dichotomy. Like you! Like me. I'm implacable. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, and it's really, it's almost kind of this like un- unmovable object versus unstoppable force. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you do when something's inevitable, but then someone's never satisfied? You know, like, the, you know, the inevitable, th- inevitable thing seems like it's like always going to happen, but the person who's never satisfied is always going to take another swing. And I thought that that was like such a wonderful little, observation and also you know talia who's constantly being pulled between the poles of these two men in her life and how they are inevitable and implacable okay i like that uh so the next few i think we can take a little bit more quickly detective comics 838 which is a paul dini penned issue there's two things i'll throw out there to the two of you one is it's all about sophie's choice right will tim join raza gold to get his parents back Will Batman choose between his two sons? It's all about choices. And also, special for Harry, it's the return of Ubu. Yeah! <laughs> I, like, sat up. And Bat Collector's like, oh mocking Ubu, too, right? Being terrible. I know. Ugh, they're just treating Ubu like trash, which made it feel more <laughs> correct than anything. In this issue, Alfred gets to beat the crap out of Ubu. Yeah! Everyone gets a moment to dunk on Ubu, which really, you know, like, I don't ask a lot <laughs> Uh, in life but like when these things happen it makes me feel blessed and happy <laughs> so i gotta be honest so far this is my favorite issue for the ubu uh prominence and we can kind of go out from there <laughs> okay do you for you, do you even think it's a choice <laughs> like raza ghoul basically says to tim drake like join me and potentially let me use you as my vessel tbd we'll talk about it later and i'll bring back your parents but you know when we eventually exhume them and bring their coffins to the lazarus pit it it really doesn't seem like a valid offer to me it's like you know it's like getting a rain check from a restaurant that may or may not stay in business for the next month <laughs> but but i don't know what did you think do you think it was like a real choice that raza ghul was offering him that he should have actually considered as deeply as he does here no 
It's absurd. It's just, again, forced dramatics. This is a ridiculous freaking conflict or suggestion, and it's dumb that he's even considering it, and it makes me feel dumb for reading it. Like, I don't <laughs> want to mean it in a mean way, but it's like, if I'm reading this, being like, the central conflict of this issue is stupid. You know, it also, it doesn't help that this is, again, Ryan Benjamin, who we said in the last ish, in our last episode, uh, is not one of my favorite artists in this uh, Batman run. I love and, Ryan uh, Benjamin from, like, 15 years prior to this and all or 12 years prior to this and 12 years after this, but I do not like this. Yeah. There are some, <laughs> there are some grotesque faces in this. Like he, like I, like Robin looks mid stroke. I don't know. Like, it's just, ugh, I'm sorry, man. It, I don't know. Hopefully I, I get, what's he done since? What else has he done? Uh, I mean, DC uses him as they're like, Hey, we need a relatively heavy hitter to like drop in and do one issue. Cause he's like one of the okay. original image guys. He did, oh, uh, no. not like a founder, oh. but he did Union for Image, which was oh. gorgeous. Uh, and he's, you know, he's been around forever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This, this seems like a 90s Image guy. Okay. <laughs> so, But this, so this period of coloring is like... not doing him any favors. Anyway, sorry, yeah. Maria, go ahead. No, no, I'm saying like none of you have read Under the Red Room. No. I watched this movie. That's You watched the movie. Okay. Because the thing is, if you read Under the Red Hood, then all, every conversation makes sense. Oh. Well, the please convo- do enlighten us before we put our foot <laughs> okay. further into our mouths. <laughs> I know, right? Okay. So so the thing is, like, um, one of the... So, you know... Okay. Do you guys know what happened to Jason Todd? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. who is Jason Todd now? Like, who is Jason the Todd red, now? He's the Red right? Hood. Red I know Hood. that one. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So, the he's Red Hood because he was killed by Joker. And With it was a crowbar. And he was yeah, Which is ironic because he Raj- stole the tires off the Batmobile. <laughs> exactly. That's how it all comes together. Uh, but the thing is, he I, was actually I know what brought you did. back. <laughs> yeah, he, he was. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Was, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're, we're badly behaving but up he, here. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. I mean, no, no. I'm just saying that he was brought back by Rajal Gol using a Lazarus pit. So, yes. and it was yeah. a gift to Batman so that Batman would be more kinder to him. So the thing is, I think like a lot of back and forth are going over here because, you know, team is like, oh, I'm all about science and I don't believe it, which is kind of like what I said before, but now I'm realizing, oh, okay, I forgot about this part. Um, and then he was also saying that he was like, oh, it can happen. And he, so he actually very pointedly says, I'm sure you have heard as much from Jason Todd. Mm. And I did catch that, but I don't think I fully got the, I, the heft of it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so have, he stopped I, that, and then he said, "Then he says mm. that there, Robin, I was trying right there. I thought, and I, to me, I really enjoyed <laughs> That's good. that. I like that because it's like because you know, like his grandson, both grandson and grandfather, can play this character like a fiddle with like a littlest <laughs> amount of effort." Like, to me, that was the more interesting part about this. And then the fact that he actually said that I have done it before, where it was a completely decomposed body and the person came Ah, okay. See, now I'm... Because I remember thinking in that moment, like, how long had Jason Todd been dead? Because I hadn't read it before. And and I, in that moment in reading it, I was like, I don't understand the significance of this. Now I think I get it. I don't Yeah, but the thing is, like, he did come... But he did come back as an evil person. Like, he, he came back, like, really messed up. Like, he was never yeah. the same again. But yeah. the thing is, like, it seems like Tim is still interested into bringing back 
Them, like, okay. you know? That's the so part there's, like, I just, I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. I know there's, like, build-up to this, but, like, I just find it, like, I've read more Tim Drake. I just feel like it's a silly thing for him to even humor. This is clearly a supervillain. But maybe I'm not giving it the, 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 the intrigue I mean, and nuance that it deserves. I don't know. I mean, Team yeah. Drake is kind of dumb, so. <laughs> well, like, your, your position is this character sucks, so of course he'd be thinking about it. <laughs> Which, hey, what are... <laughs> I don't want to say it that way, because, because the thing is like, that he actually did lost all his, like, you know, he's he's, yeah. a, he's a man, like, and he's really, like, uh, smart and really, like, I think because he lives in a world with superhero where people keep coming back, I mean, you know, he so he's probably feeling, like, a very inadequate, okay. like, why can't I bring my loved one back? you know so now we, there is someone yeah. who's giving them and who actually like kind of said it in a way i mean you know I, to me i was like ras became my favorite character when he said they're robin <laughs> i was trying that time like and, and the trying was italized like you're making you know. me like this so that more. i was like that came. that's <laughs> why you've got to let batman inside of you harry yeah. sorry i'm just work, i'm just workshopping the, i'm just trying to make it work we're gonna get there. Gonna yeah, get there. and parsing the bad hole. Because usually, usually we'd say like, and that's me. why X Men's better together. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Oh Feel the Batman the inside you. Uh, I should say, I should say, oh. while this is all, while we're working through these issues in the omnibus, the issues that were not covered by uh, Morrison have been. Uh, summarized in pages drawn by Chris Burnham. Oh, and awesome. They I don't even think that's really available great. digitally like anywhere. N- I don't know. No, animals. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. It's yeah. really great. Hold it up. Do you hold Can you safely hold yeah, it yeah. onto hold on. the camera? Yeah, we're... So oh, I can... Hold on. Oh, I was going to find it, but go for yeah, it. Yeah, I'm... Because I, I don't... It's oh, that's just, so it, much better than reading this whole cross. I know. I oh, know. yes. It's so much better. Oh, <laughs> It's such wow. a better time. All right, then. Uh, well, well and that brings me to, uh, I don't know that we need to talk about these last four one by one, because they really kind of are, they're a little bit mm-hmm. of a mess. So let me just try to summarize, and you can pick out anything you want to pick out. So it, it, the crux of it is that they some amount of people want to get to Nanda Parbat, where Batman has been very recently, but it's hidden and only for the pure of heart. And so each of these people are coming all with impure intentions because they think this is like the key to everlasting life and they all want different things from it, right? Sensei like just wants to control it. Ra's al Ghul is like the Lazarus Pit kind of stuff has has failed. They've got to take it to the next level. Batman just wants to get there to like protect them from all this nonsense. And so everybody winds up there eventually in this pretty anonymous ninja fight. <laughs> and the, 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 the things of note is it turns out that Sensei is Ra's al Ghul's father, which is like a twist dun, that dun, I don't dun. even think I wanted or needed. Care. I asked myself, like, is this just Morrison trying to canonically say that Ra's al Ghul is definitely not white? <laughs> that might be it. I, Ser- that's in all seriousness, is that funny. what they're doing? I don't know if that was the intents, but I think that's probably the best thing that came out of this entire crossover. Like, at least we know now. Like, we have a firm establishing. But at the same time, so there's though... That. No, but at the same time, I feel like every time he comes back, he comes back in a newer body, and he probably changes the race when he does that. Oh, maybe. But does he always maybe. come back in a new body? Isn't the whole point of this crossover no, that usually he doesn't. he doesn't come back in a new body, but no, this time he, he yeah. messed up too bad, and he's got to hit the reset button? Isn't that, like, the whole point of this? I don't yeah, know why no, they that's made true. this story. That's probably not yeah. a good sign. No, like, but, but the thing is, like, but the thing is, like, I feel like he's, he, Raj is like a pretty much of a person as as you have seen while he was reading the diary and everything he will pick whichever side he will pick whichever nation he's not necessarily mm-hmm. a man of any any particular 
loyalty, you know, I would say. So to me, it really doesn't matter what nationality or race he is in. He's always going to be a conniving uh, a-hole. Yeah, you're right. I just want to know, though. I need to have a better <laughs> idea. <laughs> but, but you're right. But the thing and, is, I, and also, I also I didn't now quite get if the father-son relationship is a one of biology or one of like you know found like you know I trained you. And well, it really cool. seems like they're emphasizing a lot of biology, biological ties for Raza Gul because it also ends with his who's his servant, White Claw, White Russian, White White. White, white something white he turned white off. wolf white wolf white, white I wolf saying white i don't know whatever he is he's, he's white. <laughs> no, that's a marvel uh, thing and, and he's a he's a son that hasn't lived up to razagul's standards so razagul winds up doing the body swap like i said it's a mess coming down to the finish line also ending with some really choice batman lines from paul dini in detective oh, yeah. 839 such as this is war forget any fairy tales your mother told you about entitlement which is like the opposite actually of how uh, da- damien's like war great but no not according to baldini <laughs> and then also no son of mine could do any less that um it's like so it's so backwards and weird and this is why ultimately i think you're fine reading the recap pages in the omnibus. i there's such like a I, I I'm gonna be a broken record here, but there's such like a qu- slow, quiet, like nuance to how they build up this character and Batman's relationship with Damien, and then like these crossovers, like, well, it's his kid. We'll just we'll just write it that way, and it's, it's just kid. like you just whatever. Kid. He's a another Robin. He's just, yeah, he's another kid. Yeah, he's like he, uh, and that's uh, that was basically my reaction. To be very very eloquent there, yeah. Um. The, the one thing I would say, though, like, uh, there's, like, two parts um, that kind of got to my attention. It's, like, there's one monk that was killed just before they all, Batman arrived. I'm like, oh, no, that one guy. Like, you know, and then every, all the other monk was standing, and this one guy was just, like, lying down. And, you know, you don't see him, but he's really dead. I'm like, oh, it's shocks. Um, and then the second thing is, like, I really liked the idea, the reveal of that, that one acolyte is his son because, and that's maybe because I read the Greg Raka series where it's like a Nisa and that Nisa character actually gets also mentioned over here. Um, However, is it done well? No, it's not. Like, you know, it just comes out of nowhere and you're like, okay, sure. I would have liked more with that character. I wouldn't like take out all the Robin Robin you know, episodes and issues and everything. Just do something more with that character. And that would have been something. I'm going to read that book. You've definitely sold me. Yeah, that. you've definitely hyped it. You're, you're selling those copies. Greg Ruck is yeah. going to give you an <laughs> affiliate code. So, uh, <laughs> the other thing, I mean, the other thing that, so it's this it's big. It's better. It's better than this. It's this big merry-go-round at the Fountain of Use in, 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 in Nanda Parbat. And then they get all angry that it, they got defiled. They're like, now you can see the city. It just kind of happens and happens and happens. At one point, it's Batman, Alfred, Nightwing, Tim Drake, and Damien against all these ninjas, even though all of the ninjas were just defeated, but now there's more ninjas. It, it kind of just, at one point, like, the, you, like, think Ra's al Ghul is going to be dipped in the Fountain of Youth, and then a new issue starts, and he's, like, totally dressed differently, and he doesn't have any hair, but then he comes back in the following issue, and he does have hair. Like, it's, it's there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff. The one other thing I'll point out, though, is, again, Nightwing 139, Night, mm-hmm. it just, like, shows that Nisiaza, master of this stuff, makes the Tim beat hit better then the Tim beat was hitting in the Tim comic. Like, you see, this whole mm-hmm. thing is like, Tim stuck using his scientific mind 
to try to solve a moral quest. And it kind of gets to this whole thing that Night Nightwing is like, to be like a better hero, you've got to integrate those parts. You can't, you can't always be like, I'm going to use my science bike here when we're talking about morality. You just have to be a holistic hero. And, and there's this really nice like learning moment between Nightwing and Tim Drake where he actually gets through to Tim Drake. And he's like, you can't just solve this by being the science guy. You've got to be a whole person all the time. That's how to be a good hero. And I think that really worked for me. I'm glad I was kind of checked out by now, but I did <laughs> the, like, the writing by the No, I, I was just kind of like, you know, I, I didn't hate it by this point. I was just more like, okay, we're, we're just so off the reservation at this point that like, I'm ready to, you know. Well, let's end on this note. Um, what do you think one, 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 people sorry, should, I... oh, go ahead. Sorry, I'm I'm st- I'm still coming in and out. Um, no, I just wanted to say that one thing I really enjoyed where um, Nightwing tells uh, I sticks or I sticks. Sorry, I change. I <laughs> that, oh um, Bad guy or good guy, and then he, <laughs> and then, and then he says, "We are all some of our parts." <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. I don't know why. Because I feel like... Which is really, I mean, it really goes with the whole Nightwing Tim Drake thing. Someone. You're some of your parts. Yeah. I Ching sounds racist, and I suggest exactly. we never say it again. <laughs> That's my quiet, humble idea. So here's my parting question for both of you. Whether or not people choose to read this or just listen to our delightful summary of it, if you had to tell them what thing do they need to take away from this... Um, in general and into reading Morrison's run, if you can somehow make it relevant, 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 if you can sometimes make it relevant, what would that be? The, the all ghoul family lineage is a big honking mess and Damien's better off without it, both textually in the story and as a reader reading the character. Priya, what would you impart? Um, Damien, what wisdom would you impart to our listeners? Damien was grown in a vat. <laughs> True. All right. Yeah, part. that's it. Grown in a vat. That right. was the most important part. Like, no, this. she's. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I I think my. See, I, I read. I read. I read some of it. Some of it ahead <laughs> of time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I would have probably said the, a combination of your two things. To Free's thing, it's kind of like. Morrison both loves and does not care about history. Like, do not get too hung up on, but I read this one issue where, mm-hmm. like, it'll all just get bent to fit. I think that this whole crossover shows that. I think the way that it treats Ra's Ghul's history as apocryphal shows that. I think it's Morrison saying everything and nothing is important. And I think if you, you're getting hung up on that going into R.I.P., you're going to be in trouble. Because R.I.P. Yeah. is all about everything and nothing being important. And so this is kind of like, a, a little like test foot in the water to be like, are you ready to deal with the amount <laughs> of continuity bashing and, and, and molding and matching and melting that we're going to do in Batman RP. And then I think the other thing to Harry's point is kind of like the, um, Raza Ghul himself actually is kind of a cartoonish villain. And yeah. Talia here is a little bit more nuanced and still cartoonish. And that's also kind of reflected in Damien too. And like, you have to remember that this is a comic book, you know, like even though Morrison's run is like so heavy and has so many deep themes, it's like, you almost need to be reminded sometimes by some ridiculousness, which they clearly insert all the time that like, it's mm. still a comic book. So I think both, I, both of my points are actually the same point. It's a comic book. Come down. 
That's what I think you're supposed to take from this. And I think it really, it will really help your appreciation of Batman R.E.P. in Final Crisis if you can just remember it's a comic book and calm down. Totally true. And the last thing I just want to say, this is just so interesting compared to like X of Swords that, you know, we've all read recently, moderately recently, where like, you know, that is a a crossover with multiple issues and artists and writers were like, you know, the Jonathan Hickman books issues feel like the most important issues of that series. They feel like where it's directing things. And like in this, like the Morrison issues just feel like more of a muddle that we're kind of working through. And it's interesting. We're like, I don't know who suggested this, who like got this crossover off the ground. Like whose story was this initially? And I still don't know. <laughs> Which I don't think is a great. I I, I don't. I don't. I don't no, think that's don't a great either. comment yeah. on it. You know, it's like it just it. It's interesting. I do feel like crossovers have gotten better. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. All right, folks. I well, there's the part. The, the the ultimately the um the whole point was that bring back Raja Gold. That's yeah it. yeah. Put that's... him back on the table. Back in the bar. Yeah. All right, y'all. That's all we have to say about the resurrection of Hazal Ghul. Uh, you can continue reading starting with Batman 676. That is where we will pick up next time. It is the Batman R.I.P. arc, and it is in your Grant Morrison Batman Omnibus, if you have it, in Volume 1. Uh, so we thank you for joining us for this slightly off-topic deep dive, whether you decided to read it ahead of time or just take our word for it. This is a lot of fun because, again, I think without reading all the history that we read and without reading it all sequentially and without having people to talk to about it, it's really easy to miss all the significance. That's why we have a book club. In fact, why is it that we're reading Batman together, Faria? Say it. Because we want to let Batman inside of us. I don't know. Is that what we said? <laughs> I don't know Batman is... within you. Batman is in all of us, oh, maybe. I don't know if that's better at this point. Yeah, Batman. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, it's one of those. Like, we're you know, still we're trying. Time. We're learning. Yeah, we're, we're learning. learning. Okay. Yeah. Well, on behalf of Harry, Fariha, and myself, <laughs> this has been our Crushing Comics book club for Batman by Grant Morrison. And we'll see you again next time. Until we do, we hope that you are well. Bye.